The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do, that's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, weekday mornings at 6am on London DAB Digital Radio and on demand via the Bloomberg Business app, and BloombergRadio.com. Well, let's get back to discussing the meat of this energy crisis. Soaring bills we're all expecting this winter when the price cap jumps in October. We've heard about the Labour Party's solution for that, which is extending the windfall tax on oil and gas companies to allow for the cap to be frozen. Of course, there is a broader focus here too about how the UK supplies itself with power into the future. And we're joined now by Tom Greatrex, who's CEO of the UK's Nuclear Industry Association. He's also a former Labour MP and Shadow Energy Minister. Tom, thank you very much for being with us on Bloomberg Radio. Nuclear power accounts for around 15% of the UK's current energy mix. How fast could that be ramped up to take a greater part in supplies in the future? Uh, Good morning. Well... To get to a position where you have uh, 20 to 25% of the power coming from nuclear, which is what the government's energy security strategy envisages, will take, um, or will start to run that, will we'll be over about a period of 10 years. So this isn't going to be the answer to the immediate crisis, but it is the answer if you want to avoid having the situation we're having now, again in the future, where an over-reliance on fossil fuels and the volatility that comes from that puts not just the prices uh, in significant, uh, significantly difficult position, but also uh, our energy security and the way in which we're able to ensure we have supplies of energy that homes and businesses and public services all need. What sort of investment is needed to ramp up nuclear in the UK? Well, we've, we've got a number of sites, we've got a number of uh, potential technologies uh, to be able to be Built, but what they all need, um, because nuclear power stations are capital intensive, you need almost all of the money associated with uh, nuclear power stations in the construction uh, part of the part of the operation. Then they operate for probably 70, 80 years with a very low and predictable running cost. So it's billions of pounds of investment. It's investment in critical infrastructure, which um, which will last a very, very long time. And the fact that we have our current fleet that you referred to before, all of almost all of that is closing down in the next few years because it's come to the end of its life. Um, means we're going to be in a position where we're going to be more energy insecure than we currently are even today. Does that upfront investment need to come from public money? Well, not necessarily. There are different ways of of doing it. The government has, um, uh, with cross-party support, um, 
put in place in legislation that's something called a regulated asset-based model for uh, nuclear, the same um, model that's used for other infrastructure in other areas, which will help to reduce the cost of capital. Um, there's a significant amount of interest in the investment community in nuclear power and we're using that model in a way that wasn't the case under the previous model. Um, I suspect there will probably be some public uh, investment in those projects, but that's probably right because that makes the cost to consumers lower. Um, and it is, of course, critical infrastructure that we need to avoid being in the situation we're currently in in the future. You, you mentioned that a lot of these plants are coming towards the end of their lives, the existing power plants in the UK that are nuclear. Hinkley B, of course, just closed. Two more scheduled to close in 2024. Do their lifetimes need to be extended further to stop the squeeze in the short term on, on supplies? Well, it's, these are power stations that, that have pretty much come to the end of their generating life. It, it's, they've all had part lifetime extensions. They've all gone for a lot longer than the, when they are originally envisaged. So it may be possible to be able to uh, get a little bit more out of them, but you're not going to have, um, as you've seen in other places and other parts of the world, be able to sort of have 20 or 30 year lifetime extensions. So what we need to do to ensure we have that supply in the future is to get on and start the process of building, replacing that fleet and doing more than that fleet in terms of uh, gigawatt capacity to be able to make sure we've got that proportion of 20 to 25% that uh, we've been talking about. What does the nuclear industry need to do to improve its its image in terms of getting these plants on, on stream? We know, for example, we've had the many issues at the French reactors recently due to heating river temperatures and supply issues there. We've also had extremely long delays in bringing new plants on stream. Flamanville in northern France is 10 years behind schedule in building. Is there any way to... to make the nuclear industry more attractive for that long-term investment? Well, um, investors that look at uh, that are looking at nuclear now can see three fundamentals. Firstly, is that you're providing secure and reliable and stable power, which is the backbone of any economy, um, and that is attractive. Secondly, they're long-lasting um, uh, infrastructure uh, assets that, that therefore bring, them, bring with them long-term investor value. The third thing is that, as with other energy sources, the first ones you build take longer. The more you do it, if you have a programme, um, as France did uh, a generation ago, then you're able to do that efficiently and effectively, and you, use, you, you have the supply chain established, you're able to uh, do, do more and do more effectively, rather than doing what we've done historically in this country, and we did in the early 90s. We build one and then stop and then magically expect that the industry is going to be automatically there when there's a change of decision making 20 or 30 years later. That's the root of this. You know, we've, we've got tremendous skills and cap- capacity and capability in the UK nuclear industry, but it hasn't been focused on building new power stations until starting with, with Hinkley. And we've got to be able to build more than one and keep building them. And that comes from having uh, certainty and clarity about what it is we're trying to do. And that's the thing that politicians are trying to grapple with at the moment. Um, probably too late. They should have made a lot of these decisions about 10 years ago, but we are where we are. We need to get on with it and do it properly now. Where can those new plants be built? There are lots of communities who don't want a nuclear power station near them. There's lots of communities that do want a nuclear power station near them. Um, Communities where there have been previous nuclear power stations, you will find communities are very supportive because, firstly, they understand the realities of being part of a nuclear community and as opposed to some of the things which are said by people who oppose it that aren't necessarily true. Secondly, because of the economic impact that they, they currently have, we have a lot of nuclear license sites in the UK that are suitable for uh, large or SMR reactors. There are also a number of other 
uh, industrial sites that have had previous or different types of power generation, coal-fired or gas-fired power stations, which could potentially be suitable. So there's not a shortage of sites and there isn't a shortage of communities that uh, would welcome that investment and welcome nuclear power stations in them. They don't, they're not going to be in you know, every, uh, every town or every, um, uh, every uh, location, but there are locations that are suitable and where, they're, where they'll be welcomed. I mentioned that you're a former shadow energy minister. I'm wondering would, what your view is on Keir Starmer's plans to extend a windfall tax, freeze the price cap. Are your members worried that an energy that a, a windfall tax could hit them? Well, it depends. You know, a windfall tax that is applied to where there have been significant unanticipated profits made is quite different to uh, a blunt windfall tax on electricity generation, for example. And so it's about the detail of that. I mean, electricity generation, so nuclear power, for example, um, that's been currently part of the, is the cheapest electricity that currently is on the system at the moment because that's coming from uh, assets that, have, that, have, uh, that are coming towards the end of their lives and so are paid for. So it's, it's by far the cheapest electricity of all of it that's currently on the grid. And without it, the electricity price would be even higher. If there aren't any excess profits being made in that area. I think there's a difference between that and uh, where you've got fossil fuel profits that have significantly increased because of the price uh, issues that have happened in the fossil fuel market. So it's about the detail about how that's applied. But, you know, I, I don't envy any current politician in trying to uh, do what they're trying to do at the moment to find ways of addressing what we we all know is going to be a very difficult winter, both in terms of cost of energy, but probably in the availability of energy. And that's going to have significant impact, I think, on, on society as a whole. Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, weekday mornings at 6am on London DAB Digital Radio and on demand via the Bloomberg Business app and BloombergRadio.com. Hi, I'm Ron Kraszewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial advisors, let's face it, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing, entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. There's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at CarterEconomicForum.com.